You're listening to Burnt Toast. This is the podcast about anti-fat bias, diet culture, parenting, and health. I'm Virginia Smith. Today, I am just beyond delighted to be chatting with musician and comedian Faraday, who I have been like low-key, maybe high-key obsessed with on Instagram for months now. Faraday is known for her relatable and humorous takes on motherhood. In December 2022, her song Such a Good Dad went viral, generating over 10 million views in just three weeks and solidifying her status as a rising star in the digital creator community. And her new album, The Motherload, came out on October 24th. It is so good, so funny. Faraday is just like really hitting the sweet spot of super relatable I would say mostly elder millennial content, although I think it's pretty ageless, talking about motherhood, about bodies. She writes so well about bodies. We're going to get into that. You know, gender norms and socialization. There's just like so much good stuff here. She's a delight. This is a really fun episode. And we're going to play some of her music too, which is also absolutely amazing. So here is Faraday. I did the cooking and the cleaning and the groceries and the laundry, fed the cat and the dog, and someone stole my coffee, bought a gift for your mother that you probably won't like, paid a bill, wiped a butt, broke up a couple fights. Then I just about lost my mind, because we both took the kids to the park, and someone said to you, you are such a good dad. Hi, Faraday. Thank you for being here. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks. I'm so excited just to spend an hour in your presence. Same. Absolute same. Why don't we start by having you just tell folks a little bit, if they don't already know your brilliance, who are you? What do you do? I'm a musician. I'm a comedian, I guess now. Uh, I've been a musician most of my life, and then I've just kind of been foraying into the comedy later in life. People can find me on Instagram at like, I love Faraday or same handle everywhere. I started getting into content creation a couple years ago, and I've been mostly focusing on music for moms. So, yes, I want to talk about the mom thing before, well, sort of adjacent to the mom thing. I first got into your work when I think like literally 900 of my followers were DMing me the diet song. They were like, do you know about Faraday? Have you heard the diet song? Have you heard the diet song? Like it was like an onslaught when that song came out. And like I know in your bio you said like the good dad song is what went super viral. But like in our world, you have to understand the diet song in like the burnt toast community. And I think also just like fat activism, anti-diet communities in general, the diet song really went like quite viral locally speaking. Oh, you know, it's always hard to know like what songs make, like, of course you have your views, but that doesn't always mean that it, it like permeates communities in the way that you thought it would, you know, it's like totally different. So that's really cool to know. Oh my God. We're obsessed yeah. with that. What inspired that song? And what I love about it is when you first released it, like there's a very funny video of you being a pirate and mm-hmm. dancing with gnomes, which is great. And then you later yeah. released a version that makes me cry. And I was just like, God damn it. How is she so brilliant? She can do both these things. <laughs> I was a musician my whole life. And then I kind of thought I had ended that career and I didn't know what to do. So I started content creation and then I was like doing funny stuff. And then just before that, the diet song come up, I had, you know, made the most obvious to everybody else, but me connection of like, oh, I should be writing funny songs because that's actually two abilities of mine together. And I should combine these things that I like instead of, you know, separating them out. And so it was around December and I was just like, okay, so I need to build up a body of work really fast because I didn't really have like a collection of funny songs at my disposal. 
Mm-hmm. And so it was the end of the year, and I just, like, knew that the vultures were circling, you know, being like, the beginning of the year! Let's start the shame spiral! And so I was like, this is a song that's, like, half funny, half true. And, I mean, and this is, yeah. like, part of the journey of music and comedy is because they both actually really live in the vein of truth. And so I also want to give myself freedom that I don't have to be a comedian. I am a musician and I will always be a musician. And while I'm experimenting with comedy, it can be both. It can be, I can be serious. I can be comedic because that's who I am. Of course, the diet song comes from a very personal place. I was very heavily into diet culture as a young person. I was given a lot of messages from a very young age. Like I'm sure many of your listeners about how my body needed to be smaller And I kept it smaller as best as I could. And then one day my body was like, no, thank you. And was just decided to be not only unresponsive to diet culture, but would retaliate and rapidly gained weight, which come to understand is probably PCOS. So I had to come to a place of being like, oh, diets are not serving me. They're in fact harming me. And it's hard for people to understand a reality that I'm sure most of your listeners understand, which is like calories in, calories out ain't true. When I had the ability to make my body smaller, it was a full-time job. It was my whole mind. Mm -hmm. And what a waste of a mind. If a woman is only thinking about how to be smaller, she's not thinking about the inequities in the world. She's not thinking about how to make this world a better place. And that was a cost to myself. It was like, what a waste of my, whatever light I have in this world. But then it's like, but then you go macro and being like, man, yeah. every night people are falling asleep being like, oh, I had two bites of a brownie. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, that was a great day. I loved looking at my kids. Tomorrow right. I can't wait to do it again. Right? Like what a macro right. loss. It was just like the vultures were circling. And I was just like, I'm just going to write this song. Like, please don't tell me about your juice cleanse. <laughs> yes, please I love don't. you so much, but I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. You can nap, you can sing, you can do your own thing. You can dedicate your life to science. Write a book or a poem, build your own home. Try to change the climate. There's a million and one better ways to spend your time than to go on a diet. I think a lot about... The songs that aren't getting written, the books that aren't getting written, the mm, art that's not yeah. being made because women in particular, I mean, anybody, but so many people are yeah. just swept up in this project of body management and this, you know, failing project that then becomes so all consuming. Yeah. The thing of just like lay that weapon down and just live yeah. a life, just yeah. step into it. So the mom bod song, I mean, similar to the diet song, this is one that people send me constantly that I felt extremely seen by, that it just like really captures this weird dichotomy where dad bods are sort of affectionately, Mm -hmm. you know, if not like held up as an ideal, it's like there's an affection level for a dad bod. They're hot. They're attractive. Yeah, there's like something cute about them getting a little doughy or whatever. I mean, moms in general aren't talking about these sexes. But yeah, like the mom body is so trashed on. The mom body is just trashed on. Yeah. Yeah, it needs to be bounced back. It's a sign that you've let yourself go. It's like, I was just like, yeah, well, if he got hit by a truck Mm -hmm. multiple times, would he be bouncing back? Like, would you be? <laughs> just like, 
<laughs> how great like, would he look? Yeah, growing a person and delivering it is incredibly hard on the body. Mm-hmm. And yeah, our bodies change, and we're allowed to. I wanted to just have fun with the song, just being like, mm. and it probably wasn't going to come from that privilege. So I was in an all-girl group for about nine years. And I would get on stage and I would sing every night. And we would often be like wearing like outfits that complemented each other. And so that was sometimes very hard as the largest woman in the group. Because mm. like a lot of my comparison would come up. And every night, at that, especially at that point, I was the only one who was married. And mm. I would have to like consciously process that thought of like, actually, the thinner women in this group are single, mm-hmm. which like was not the messaging, right? The messaging is if you want a like heterosexual relationship right. you have to be the thin thin right. and if if you're not thin, you're not going to have a relationship but of course enough, that's just not true right it's right. not true These things are unrelated yeah it's not like that's not a barrier when you're dating but once again it comes with that privilege of like i can say those things also because i know deep down i am attractive with my mom bod oh, it's just i think it's great to talk about and i'll also just put note in for the child free listeners like you don't need to have a mom bod to justify your body changes right of you course. are allowed to be fat and shaped however you're shaped regardless like you don't have to earn it through childbirth and for <laughs> folks who don't totally. get their kids through childbirth like yes. there's a lot of ways to be a that's mom. right and also just like our bodies are allowed to just like dad bods don't come from being a dad right right <laughs> they just come they just... from existing and aging but i think it's like a great song for capturing that like let's celebrate mm-hmm. let's normalize bodies changing let's celebrate the changes yeah. whatever and the backstory is i'm all for celebrating the dad bods i think dad bods are sexy mm-hmm. and also i think mom bods are sexy yeah let's celebrate them both Lots. like because that's part of we happen to be gifted to age so your other big theme like the big theme of your work and the focus of the new album which we're also going to talk about is definitely motherhood and really the way modern motherhood comes with all of these inane expectations like the details like your detail work is incredible you just get all of the details of what the day of being a mom involves from like yes laundry and all that but also the invisible labor right the mental load bullshit like the way it is just always disproportionately falling on us no matter how hard we fight for it to be more balanced I saw you said you were told not to write songs about motherhood and that like motherhood is like not a sexy topic to write songs about and then I started thinking about it and I was like yes that's true but also what the fuck like why why is yeah like if you, i'm sure anybody who's like listening will think wait how many songs do you know about motherhood i'm like drawing they're, a total they don't exist a total blank yeah and there are some songs about fatherhood like cats in the cradle or yeah because men can get away with that right because they're just like they can they're allowed to age <laughs> i was a young songwriter i remember like sitting down with like songwriters and presenting a song that like briefly kind of like said I was a mom. This is before I was a mom. This was just me exploring a song. To, and they were just like, oh, yeah, like you never write songs <laughs> Could you that not? would briefly even suggest that you're a mom. Like it was just like if you ever wow. want a song to do well, you would never, ever write. I mean, my career did probably the best after I became a mom. So I toured with my child. And though, you know, the musical world was just like really unprepared. There's just, you know, it is, they, they, there's no place for children in even in like the best settings. Right. And just how people would resent artists who became moms. It's just because it makes you look old and unattractive. Like there's really nothing less cool than a mother. There's really nothing. And the music industry is about being cool in right. so much of the ways. So what happened was I took a comedy class to learn how to be funnier because I was enjoying learning about that online. 
And in that class, they were like, write about motherhood. And I was like, no, thank you. I would like to be relevant. (laughs) And, you know, just like anything. So then you finally start doing it. And then you're like, you know, so much of our writing comes from our personal experience. And then you start writing about it and you're like, oh, my goodness, I have like lived a whole life creatively, mm-hmm. completely unexplored. And then I also in that class realized I was like leaving my music at the door. Both of these things are overcoming my own like snobbery, like is, that you learn as a young person, right? Old women, mothers are boring and mm-hmm. uncool. And also like musical comedy as well as like, like not serious art. Right. So there was two things I had to kind of overcome to be like, oh, this is kind of cringy. But then, of course, when I did it, it was like leads to like the greatest or at least a whole new career. Like I didn't imagine it happened. Like I was definitely like my music career is over. I need to like find out another reason to exist. Right. Right. And it turns out you just needed a need a new subject matter. A new subject matter. I mean, a new career, too. Like I also I just turned 40. And like as a musician, I always lived with the clock ticking. Being like, mm-hmm. how much longer can I really do this? Like, because people don't invest in people who are old. They invest in like 17 year old right. prodigies who are incredibly talented, but also easily morphable, easy sexualized. Like, it's not the same. And that's why it took me so long to start writing comedy songs as well, because I just was like, my music career is over. There is no point mm. in me pursuing this. And then when I move into like creating my own audience, reaching my own, like, because the other thing is, People also don't think that women are a market. That's why people are like, Barbie movie? She's done so well. It's like, yes. I know. Because women buy. They own, you know, it's, oh, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's all the same things. It's just like, they don't make clothes for plus size people. And you're like, but that's the majority of the people. I don't (laughs) know. It's all the people who need to wear clothes. I don't understand. It's so nice to be like, oh, but I could just build my own audience and meet and create music for women, parents, and who are needing this kind of music, who need to be heard, Mm -hmm. who need to be seen. Yeah. And who you can reflect that experience. And I'm thinking too, like big female artists, like I'm just thinking about like the discourse around like Rihanna's pregnancy or Beyonce's pregnancy is like, we get like so weird when women musicians become moms, right? Like we have such a weird, uncomfortable relationship with it that we have to like dissect their bodies. and, And it's just, there's no parallel, like no male musician who becomes a father has to do anything about it. It's not even like an no. interesting point it's in the interview. It's not a thing. They're like, it's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're just like, allowed like, to become fathers no, and like, carry on. Yeah. yeah. And you're right too. Of course, it makes sense that like trying to tour with kids when you would encounter all kinds of hurdles. And yeah, this mm-hmm. is yeah really is an industry. It sounds like very much leaving out an entire population. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I was just like, man, One day when I get the cash, I'd love to make a grant for like single mothers because, you know, I was able to do so much because of the support of my family. Like my dad is a musician. So, you know, people came on tour with me. My husband came on tour with me. My dad came on tour with me. My mom came on tour with me. My aunt came on tour with me. But like, man, single mom, like where are the like there has to be so little single mom art in the world, which means like a whole voice is missing from our Mm -hmm. society. So tell us about the new album. I got to listen to it this morning. It is amazing. Everybody, you're so excited to go get it. So I put together some songs. I didn't actually anticipate writing an album. It just kind of happened. And I was like, oh, I guess I have enough songs here for an album. And it's always good to like collect your body of work into something. Mm-hmm. So I called it the mother load, just like basically to explore many of the elements and the challenges we face as mom, whether it's influencer culture, 
identity that was another one like I don't know if it would be obvious for people if they're like listening to the song so to know that they're about identity because really when you become a mom you are cast as a character of mother you have no mm -hmm. past you have no future you are just a servant of the family so I wanted to have a couple songs that were a bit like you know I have a song called used to be a hoe because it's like man so people are like you know <laughs> she used to have a past your mama used to be a hoe now she goes to Costco. There's so much about her that you don't know. She's bodied all night. She's even done blow. How do you think she snagged your dad? It's not how she drives the minivan. Now her muffins all casserole. Your mama used to be and she does still have a past and that's okay and that's normal or you know like I wanted to press up against a few of those kinds of things and of course division of labor is a big issue mm -hmm. that moms face incontinence is a big one yes. that you know myself yes. and my friends face a lot of and just like removing that shame or I don't know if it's even removing shame just like even talking about it just like normalizing it just even talking about it with a lot of the like yeah. mom body related changes you have a reel about hairy nipples and I was like thank you somebody yeah. finally said it like <laughs> <laughs> exactly right? can we just please like, just, just discuss these can things? we just be human beings and I also recognize that like I have a lot of privilege to say a lot of, like when I talk to other friends who are like oh I would just never say that and part of it's just like I mean I happen to be inside of a very stable healthy marriage and so you know I'm not like trying to attract anybody or impress right. anybody and also I can say things without blowing like you know a lot of people will be concerned about my marriage or be like you should just leave him because of the division mm -hmm. of labor issues and I'm like, well, I could not write these songs if I was inside the fire of that part of my marriage, right? Like, because when you're a new parent, whatever, there's so much growing and learning to be done. And of course, those songs come from a truth, of course, like that, you know, we did struggle. There mm -hmm. was not the language that there even is today. Like, I think COVID did something in that it provided us with language for what mm -hmm. we were all experiencing inside of our marriages. But we didn't have words like, or I would, at least it hadn't permeated like, culture enough that we understood emotional labor, mental load, division of labor, you know, yep. Yep. How, what, how do we actually overcome this? Not just from our husbands, from ourselves too, for myself, you know, invisible labor was just as invisible to me as it was to my mm. partner. And, Such a good point. Can relate to that a lot. And so I think the great thing is like, I'm writing these songs when my child is eight, not two, right? Because mm -hmm. there is a different fire, at least for our marriage, yes. that was the case. Yes. Um, so there's like other privileges I get to explore. And also, I mean, he's already used to me speaking the truth. So he's just like, yeah, yeah, that's what she does. That's <laughs> poor, yeah. poor man, whenever he's like meeting somebody, she's like, oh, I know who Faraday is. I love her videos. He's like, they're not all about me. They're not all about me. And <laughs> A lot of them are they, audience suggestions. <laughs> yeah, and they are, you know, like I, I don't see this as only work of my own. I think that this is a collaboration, which has been a really fun artistic exercise because historically everything comes from me that's most of my artistic career but then now I'm like well no I'm just writing songs for others and therefore mm -hmm. I want to reflect their lives not everything has to be my personal experience and then I ask people like for specifics like you know laundry is a big one that people really dislike and I would say mm -hmm. we don't have much laundry in our house and so I had to ask them, like, why do you hate laundry? And it's just like, oh, right. I just hate it exists and it never ends. I'm like, oh, okay, yes. well, then that's great because I would have taken it in a different direction. So it's like songwriting with thousands of people. <laughs> thousands of people. It's amazing. There's another one, the one about the husband and the 45-minute poops, right. I think was one yeah. that you had, like, that was suggested by followers. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. yes, that is a common thing, that it is yeah. good that Faraday is voicing. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. And that's not one of the issues in my marriage, but that is so common. And the song did so well. It was like, people were just like, are we all just married to the same man? <laughs> and it is a division of labor issue, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he checking out and for 45 minutes? Seriously. Exactly. Because like, you're like, oh yeah, well, if you just disappear, that's not okay. And it, you know, what's been really fun is that I've been experimenting with performing these songs live. And most of my, like 98% of my followers are female. But then when hmm. I perform live, there are all these men in the audience and I play Ooh. all these Division of Labor songs. And it is actually really wonderful to see men, like, because they laugh and they know they did that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. with the, there's yeah, a song yeah. called The Vacation Song about all the things a woman does and then he drives the car. And men will come up to me and they're like, oh my God, I do this. <laughs> Time for vacation so that no one screams. I charge the devices, bought a pack of sunscreen. I washed the laundry, I bought the snacks, crammed it all in, the car was maxed. I found the place, I did the planning, I made the booking and all the packing and you drove the car. And it's like, you know how some men are, not every man, but like there are men who are very good at taking a joke and you can really mm -hmm. see that in the audience. So that's been a really enjoyable thing because I'm always like, I get up on stage, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. Right, right, right. Oh dear. You know, because here I am, like my whole set is taking you to town. <laughs> yes. And also I'm okay if some of you are uncomfortable with it. You're doing a real community service by making some men uncomfortable about this in live <laughs> musical settings. That's deeply enjoyable to me that's happening <laughs> yeah and I think I mean that also comes from having like a lot of experience yeah right there was this old saying for, I had from like a performance coach when I was very young that was like three percent of the audience will always not like you and they might have bought tickets right like wow. and even when I toured and people bought tickets like not everybody liked it and you yeah. had to just be like that's not about me right so like yeah. that's why I'm like well you know if especially if I know that my intention is not to like strip men a new one. Like I was just, I have mm -hmm. no interest in that, but my interest is to talk about the songs that I think are funny that I mm -hmm. think other people will enjoy and that they do say something and mm -hmm. that's what I care about. And it's not for everybody. And especially yeah. if I'm going up on a stage and not everybody bought tickets to see me. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. It's okay with me. That's a blessing of being 40. You're just like, that's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I'll just go back to my house. <laughs> I don't have to be for everybody. That is yeah, a exactly. huge liberation about being in your 40s. Yeah, exactly. I should think it's just like, exactly. yeah, I don't have to be for everyone. Well, speaking of yeah. not being for everyone, I did want to ask, you know, how are your trolls doing? Any good <laughs> troll stories you want to tell? How's that part of your work? Because that's, you know, it's reality of being a woman on the internet, right? It's like we have our little trolls. Totally. Oh, the ones I get the most trolls about were the song about I'm a good mom, not a perfect mom, oh, where I yeah. talk about the ways in which I would say that I personally, I, I mean, if I'm being my harshest critic, I, would, I talk about the things that I fail at as a mom. My kid only eats macaroni. Her face is always looking at a screen. I rarely read her books before bed and I often forget to brush her teeth. I'm a good mom, not a perfect one. I don't always get her to brush her teeth. I don't get her to read books. And people I'm are just like, but this is horrible. You should try. And part of it is just like pushing that narrative of like, there is so many expectations. For yeah. Them. If I was a dude and I was like, hey, I don't always get my kid to brush his teeth. And I was, you know, I mean, no, everybody would be applauding me for yeah. existing. Yeah. There's so many expectations on moms. And I know personally that when I try to be that perfect mother, 
I become a worse mother Mm -hmm. (laughs) because control comes up. You know what I mean? And I'm pushing from a place that I just don't have. Yeah. We can work on connection instead of compliance, right? That's essentially where I'm going. It's like, actually, I'd like to be the person who's like, when she crawls into bed, she tells me all about her hard day, not feeling angry because I was like, brush your teeth, floss your teeth. Yeah. Obviously, those are great things to do. I aim and I hope to do right. those things. But we can um, all aspire know. to dental hygiene. I mean, <laughs> teeth brushing is something we really uh, fall down on in my house, too. I'm not going to lie. It's like, totally. it's just, it's the end of the day. And you're just like, I can't, I'm, I cannot die on one more mountain. It is one <laughs> mountain too many. And your book also really helped me with the food piece because I have a child who's definitely an extremely picky eater. She mm-hmm. hasn't fallen into like the area where, you know, I have like a list on my desktop where I like manage how much food she eats because I'm always like, they say under 20. Right, right, it's right. It's a problem. So I'm like, we're at 26. So we're okay. doing great. Yeah. <laughs> Can really. But like your book really helped me, especially this is the eating instinct mm-hmm. so much with realizing that what was happening was that because I was so afraid that my kid wasn't eating and I was afraid of not meeting my duties as a mom of her nutrition that what was coming through was all my diet culture right like you didn't think that you're doing this like I thought I had achieved like so much healing so much understanding of that diet culture and then you're like oh there's a whole other level hiding under parenthood it's all showing up here we're doing it all over again how delightful exactly and I was like oh actually the bigger issue to her nutrition is that I'm going to give this girl an eating disorder if I keep with these messages. So I have to just back off. Right. And that's the same thing with brushing teeth. Like I can be a good mom, not a perfect mom. And actually that means I'm a better mom. I think the response to that video reminded, I mean, obviously that video isn't just talking about food or yeah, you're talking about brushing teeth and all the other things, screen time and whatnot, but it just reminded me so much of diet culture teaches us to measure success according to like these very narrow metrics and forget the your measure as a parent is absolutely never what your kid ate for their last meal. Like it's just parenting no. is so much bigger than that. It's so much more complicated. Yeah. We're playing a long game. Yes. Teeth matter, but so does like mental health. Right. And finding opportunities to connect at the end of the day. And, you know, now this episode will get a bunch of people being like, but what about teeth? Seriously, guys, if your kid is already brushing their teeth, we're not saying stop brushing their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> no exactly if you have achieved that we admire you <laughs> bless your soul but like i have a kid who just throws down every single day so i'm just like all right well we focus on the morning because yep. i know I, we can get that out the door that's a great we can get we can really hit that hard yeah and the evening you know it's definitely a reminder but i, I won't be screaming at my kid I won't, yeah. if she's just gonna throw down about it then i'm like all right well we're not gonna we're not gonna have that yeah you know we got dental insurance for a reason and <laughs> completely so much of the parenting advice we get and these standards don't empower us to decide what matters in the context of our own relationship with our child which is like exactly the same with like diet and health advice too right like when your doctor's telling you like you have to cut blah 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 out of your diet because of this it's like forgetting the larger context like we need this larger context always yeah and it's also like you know when you watch like you know if you should ever dare to do you know like what I eat in a day is somebody like not trying to lose weight like how like that just like when somebody leads with the vulnerability like I basically the song is about me leading with my vulnerability right like here's all the ways in which I feel like I fail mm-hmm. so that that other person can see because if you don't have close relationships if you're watching people on social media they're not showing you yeah 
yeah, there are ways saying. in which they're failing, right? So it's like it's an offering, and not everybody wants that offering. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, "Well, wait, 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 wait," and then it scares them. It scares yeah. them being like, "If I let these go, then my child, you know, will die and they'll lose their teeth, and it will be a horrible thing." It's just like, "Well, here's an offering." It's so true. That's so important to. Yeah, just give ourselves all permission to fuck it up more often. And we all have friends who had parents who were way worse than us, and they've just turned out okay. And I sometimes think if I'm not giving my kids enough material to work with in therapy, like, am I doing my job? Yeah. How will they be artists? How will they be funny? How will they be whole human beings? (laughs) There must be some suffering and conflict. (laughs) Yes. They need something to is That is the humility of parenting, isn't it? That you have to... That like the challenge of being an imperfect person raising a child and the stakes are high. Mm-hmm. You don't want to mess up. They're yeah. so high. You want to do it perfectly. And yet to do it perfectly would be a disservice because they are imperfect. Like I know I feel that my mom did a great job raising me, but also my mom wasn't perfect. And that is actually something I rely heavily on as a mom. Yeah. That like, it's okay. You know what? My mom did not play with me. My mom did not do crafts with me. My mom was, you know, exhausted. 24 7 i don't think she got me to brush my teeth like i don't somehow I it happened or it did it. yeah there's a funny line in the song where you're like you had my aunt teach me the birds and the bees <laughs> yeah. i was like taking yeah. notes like outsourcing is an effective parenting strategy i'm here for that yeah. absolutely yeah, like when i heard my mom heard that she was like what well, you didn't have to tell them this. I was like, Mom, I had to reach real hard to find like your mistakes. <laughs> so sweet, though. I love it. You talked a little bit about your partner, you know, being supportive, but also having to occasionally say, like, I swear I'm not that bad. <laughs> what is the rest of your family? And I'm also curious if your kid listens to any of your music and what they think. Yeah. So my kid listens to my music, but I don't think she she doesn't really always connect it. There are things I would write about my kid. But I'm like, that is not mine. Yeah. Right. Like this is part of this, like exploring, like my daughter would love to be in my videos. And I tell her, like, I would be more successful with you in them, frankly. That's true. Like I would. Yeah. But you can't make that choice for yourself Mm -hmm. until much later. And I think that I have to think about that. Like I have to think about the 16, the 18, the 22, the 30 year old version of you, not the eight year old. Right. And I know that other people make other choices and I don't have a judgment over that, but that is just like how I've chosen but my husband is like terrified of social media (laughs) he's just like he was just like I never would do this never 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 (laughs) and there have been some conversations we've had with some of our songs so vacation song he's like but that is what happens you do everything and then I drive I was like yes but you and I have an understanding in our house Mm -hmm. where like I have more time freedom than other people because my job is to be a musician Mm -hmm. and to write these songs whereas my husband has to leave the house and he has a very demanding job and it's like we have distributed it in this way of like I get us out the door and you get us there and then when we go on vacation you play with a child and I read a book. Yeah, like yeah. there's, yeah. <laughs> but having to say like, it's not the same as so many of the people who listen to me are full-time caregivers and full-time workers. And that this has just been assumed she'll do everything. And that's what you're trying to name. And because... that's what I'm trying to think. But even inside of it, like we have battled in our marriage, of course, that I'm not the default, that we're, you know, and it's, it's great. And then my mom, oh, you know, like I've been a musician for a long time. So my parents are always like, oh, yeah. So that's what you're doing now. OK, that sounds <laughs> great. Like there are some songs I did say to my dad. I was like, there's a couple songs that I'm just going to tell you not to listen to. <laughs> no, just, just give you do yourself a favor. <laughs> just, skip. Just, just skip these. Yeah, just skip these, especially if they I did not like it was not 
I, my extended family are very sexually free family, but like my internal family are not. So there's a couple songs that like talk about mm-hmm. sexuality. And then I'm yeah. just like, that's a, it's no, not for you. No, it's not it's for not you. For and you. that's okay. It doesn't all have to be for everybody. And the other thing is like, the other option is that I just don't speak about it. And then my dad will probably watch it and then pretend he never saw it. And then we'll never discuss it. So <laughs> we'll have this well. strange, <laughs> unspoken, just all tacitly agreeing not to talk about yeah. <laughs> the host yeah yeah Yeah. you know with with people who like don't like to talk about things how you're like that's a that's also a blessing I'm definitely going to play your album for my kids because what I do like about your music and I can see this is complicated with your own child but for parents in general I feel like it's a great way of making the work more visible to our kids which Mm -hmm. is something I think about a lot you know my kids are six and ten so we are out of the hell of the toddler and baby stage and I do think a lot about like you know, we're trying to get them to do more chores now. And it's hard to, it's so much easier to just do everything myself yeah. because yeah. kids are bad at things. <laughs> so. They really are. And they fight you the whole way. Yeah. yeah I, I know. I'm, I know I'm supposed to give my kid chores. And I'm just like, that just sounds like more work for me. But so when I'm failing on the giving of chores, much as I'm often failing on the teeth brushing, I'm like, if I can at least make visible what I'm doing to them, mm-hmm. like, I have to clean up dinner right now, so I am not, you know, whatever you want to be doing. Like, you know, like trying to, like, clarify the amount right. of labor that goes into supporting the lifestyle to which they have become accustomed right. is really yeah. banking on a lot of my free labor here. And let me make that clear right. to you. Not in a guilt-inducing way. <laughs> but in, like, a clarity of with my kid, you know, she does listen to it. I don't know if she's making that connection. But then again, you know, the connections aren't made till later. Like, the yeah. music is there, you know, and they're like, wait a second. That's what I love about your music is like it doesn't need to be me like giving a lecture in the middle of the kitchen holding a sponge. Mm -hmm. But if I have these Mm -hmm. songs on, it's like helping connect some dots that can be connected over time. All right. We wrap up every podcast with butter, which is my recommendation segment. So you can recommend anything you've been loving. Faraday, what is your butter today? Oh, well, I have a new hyperfixation on the whole like Sarah J. Mass book series of like 15 books of like thrown up like I did not allow myself to read for a long time because what happens is that I have a hard time existing in this realm Mm. if I'm into a really good book I can relate absolutely yes so I would just like Christmas and summers I would only let myself read and this summer I just like all I wanted to do was read and I just fell down I didn't you know what until TikTok and like book talk I didn't actually know what books I liked I just was like I felt like nobody had good recommendations Mm. oh I really like fantasy that's one of the things I like. So then I fell down the Sarah J. Mass hole. And you know what? I love living as a fae, princess, warrior. I don't need to exist anymore. <laughs> when I finished like one series, my husband was like, oh, it'd be so great to get my wife back. And I was like, sorry, no, that's just five books. I have another <laughs> 11 to get through. So she is the Court of Thorn and Roses. Is that her? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then there's Crescent City. And then now I'm in the Throne of Glass. Throne of Glass. And I love like discovering a new artist that you like and thinking about their life and then reflecting upon that as yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, cause then part of me can be like, well, I've been doing this for nine months nobody's you know I haven't had this huge things happen I'm like this person's been at it like they've been writing books for the last 15 years and I've just discovered them and what a wealth of material I get to dive in I'm not waiting for like one book or so just reminds me of like staying in these things for the long game like Mm -hmm. my success is not limited you know it's not like downhill from here right Right. like that's how it sometimes can feel 
And then I was just like, think about that. I was like, I bet you she like sat there at the page being like, I'm never going to figure this out. And why am I ruining my life? This is a waste of time. I should go get a nine to five job and just give up on this. I was like, I bet you she sat there thinking that too. Yes. Oh my God, you're so right. And then you get this beautiful thing and you're like, and I bet you she, some days she was just like, I'm just going to have to write this badly. I'm just going to phone it in. Mm -hmm. And how that's like, it's nice to think about people and you have their work in front of you and you love their work and you're just like so grateful they struggled through those moments that is absolutely universal. You know, she's probably like not figuring out the scene, not figuring out the scene, not figuring out the scene. And then like took two weeks off and like, she's probably doing dishes. And then the idea was like, Oh, oh. that's it. Yes. God. And that is like the most, I mean, I'm sure this is true. For songwriting, too. It is just yeah. the most frustrating thing about creative work where you're like, right. I know it's there, but I cannot see it. And then it will come to yeah. you at some inane time when you're like. Yeah. You don't know what your great work is. You don't know what people will resonate with. Like the poops mm. in the house is like, I don't know what to write today. Do, do, do. I don't know. I'm just going to say this. This is dumb. I'm like, oh, 10 million views. Okay. Well. <laughs> I guess people like that. Like, I definitely, like, every time, every time I write a song, I'm like, this is trash. This is horrible. Nobody likes this. And I'm like, well, you're not actually a good judge. You're not 10 million views saying that. And then I'm like, this is it. This is the song. This is a song. No, nobody likes it. I was going to say, do you find, because this happens to me with newsletters, where something that I've, like, really dug into, especially if it's, like, I mean, for me, like, something more heavily reported, a little more sciencey or whatever, it will do well. It will people will like it. But compared to like something kind of off the cuff, emotional, like I just throw it out in an hour and that's the newsletter that gets like wide circulation and tons of comments and engagement. And I'm just like, cool, 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 cool. So how hard I work is not actually proportional to the success at all. Yeah. I. So usually it's that's how I always feel about songs. Like if they don't come out right away, then like they're not coming out. It's not going to come out. It's not going to be great. Though I will say that there have been times, especially on this journey in particular, because writing a comedy song is very different than writing an emotional song. Oh, interesting. They're very, very different. Like, Because my songwriting process used to be like, sit down at the guitar, play some chords, start singing. Words would come to me. Sing from my heart. Oh, this song is about this thing I'm doing. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it very much come from the music, from my intuition, from my heart. Whereas comedy songs are more, like, cerebral. Mm. They're like, I will write about this. Because you start with the concept. I will write about husbands pooping. Yeah, exactly. It comes from your mind instead of your heart. And so, like, you're such a good dad. I kind of started writing and I struggled with it for a while, figuring out. I didn't know what the punchline was, actually. Originally, I thought the punchline would be... Because the song goes like, I did the cooking and the cleaning and the groceries and the laundry. And when you asked me what I did, I said, I did nothing. Mm. That was originally the idea of like the invisible labor to me. Mm. But then it kind of moved. Or like the song on the album, Super Mom, originally it was about a super dad. It's about like how like they get applause for absolutely they did. But it's yes. like, actually, it's not, it's not as funny. Yes, if I yes. Just, and it's, you know, and like, so it's interesting. Like, so I have to work a little harder, especially because somewhat. And I have to refine more than in my other work because it's not coming from the heart. It's coming from more of a brain place. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because you're both thinking through like, what do I want to communicate about this like real issue that you're talking about and mm-hmm. what makes it funny and then also what makes it music. And what makes, yeah, impact and like what will like. Yeah. So since you recommended a really good deep dive series and I love a deep dive series, 
I'm going to recommend two books. It's not as deep a well as Sarah J. Mass, but I am excitedly waiting for this author to do more. The author is Sophie Irwin. And the two books that I binged last weekend, because I was solo, my kids were at their dad's, and I went, I had them both on audiobook, which was great because it was just like, you know, I mean, there's like a, these solo weekends that I can just like listen to an audiobook for 10 hours straight. Like it's a little, yes. bit, it's a little bit magical. And while I was like working on our dollhouse and doing garden stuff and just puttering around my house. So the first one is A Lady's Guide to Fortune Hunting. And the second mm. is A Lady's Guide to Scandal. And they are both, you know, yes. she's a modern writer, but clearly very Jane Austen inspired. They are set in Regency England. And so, like, picture your Jane Austen, you know, bath and all of that kind of stuff. So it's like, you know, a romantic comedy type of plot. But there's just a lot of feminism. There's queer characters. Mm. There's... It's just a great mix of, like, all Oh, I can't wait. They're super delightful. It's so much world building. The world building is... I mean, as a nonfiction writer, I'm like, well, the world is ready built. I just have to describe what is already (laughs) happening. I don't have to think of stuff. Yeah, you just have to point out the stuff that people are missing. Yes. But they're, like, not noticing. You're like, this is right in front of you. Right. But, But, you know, like, my sources give me all the details. I don't have to make them mm -hmm. all up. It blows my mind. Yeah, so they are just really fun audiobooks. The narrators are both British and have delightful, like, do all the different accents and you know they're but I'm sure they're fun as a paper read too I just happen to do them as audiobooks I can't wait that sounds fun well this was so much fun tell us again where people can get the album how we can support your work get more of your music all of that you could just find the mother load on any streaming platform that you listen to after October 24th or follow me on the insta on the tiktok on the youtube on the facebook whatever you like I would say Instagram's the best if you're going to have to choose one. Okay. At I love Faraday. I love Faraday because I'm conditioning your brain to <laughs> love me. Well, it's working. So good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Faraday. This was so much fun. I love having you here. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Burnt Toast. If you'd like to support the show, please subscribe for free in your podcast player and tell a friend about this episode. And consider a paid subscription to the Burnt Toast newsletter. It's just $5 a month or $50 for the year. You get a ton of cool perks, and you keep this an ad and sponsor-free space. Find out more by clicking the link in your episode description or go to virginiasoulsmith.substack.com. The Burnt Toast podcast is produced and hosted by me, Virginia Soul Smith. You can follow me on Instagram at v underscore soulsmith. Our transcripts are edited and formatted by Corinne Fay, who runs at Plus an Instagram account where you can buy and sell plus-size clothing. The Burnt Toast logo is by Deanna Lowe. Our theme music is by Jeff Bailey and Chris Maxwell, and Tommy Heron is our audio engineer. Thanks for listening and supporting anti-diet body liberation journalism.